So, you know, it's not impossible. Go for it. Go for your dreams. Working for the man is, is no way to live your life. And um, if you don't go out and build your dreams, someone's going to hire you to build their dream. All right, all right, my friends, and welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm Ross Alex. This is episode 45, and today we have a very special guest joining us out of Dallas, Texas, and his name's Jess Marshall. Now, Jess owns a construction company where he helps people renovate their properties, homeowners, investors, pretty much everything that has to do with home renovations and construction, he does it all. He's also a real estate investor and an educator where he helps people get started into their first business. Jess has been in business for over 20 years now and he has a ton of experience. In this episode, he shares with us his story, growing up in Washington State, moving down to Texas to go to college, paying for college out of pocket, taking side construction gigs, and of course his ups, downs, challenges, and all that good stuff. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. My friends, the Started Somewhere podcast is officially now on Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a way for you to support the show. Listen, if you enjoy the content, if you look forward to the episodes, if you can appreciate all the hard work that goes into putting this all together, you can now support the show and support me, of course, for just five bucks a month. Now, not only would you be an absolute legend, for doing so, but in the very near future, I'm going to be uploading exclusive content with the guests on the show. We're going to do a Patreon exclusive uh, for each episode, and that's going to be coming really, really soon. So if you do become a Patreon, you will have access to all that exclusive content. Listen, the link is going to be down below in the show notes. I'd really appreciate it. If you don't want to support the show on Patreon, that's totally fine. The main episodes are still going to be free. Don't worry. Uh, Nothing's changing. But if you do want to go that extra mile, it's available for you right now. All right, Jess, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate you having me on, buddy. Absolutely, man. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. Excited to chat, hear your story. I know you have a lot going on, man. Uh, Why don't you start off by telling us, man, who you are and what you do? Yeah, man. My name is Jess Marshall, owner, operator, autograph construction, roofthehouse.com, Dallas garage builder, and uh, 0515 Improvements LLC here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And um, usually what I'm doing uh, throughout the day, most days, is helping my guys learn how to process claims, learning how to uh, sell construction services and uh, insurance claim services to new clients. And then we do a lot of uh, real estate investing and real estate improving kind of uh, kind of pairs right along with what we're doing all day, every day. So do a lot of team building, always looking for new talent, always looking to bring new guys on who are team oriented, who want to build wealth, who want to work hard and hustle for a living. And uh, yeah, we're out there trying to do it right, man. This is an industry with a lot of shady characters. So uh, you can really 
set yourself apart just by doing some little things. We try to do those little things every day, man. Mm, I dig that, brother. Yeah, yeah. construction uh, is definitely an interesting business, man. Uh, definitely, especially as a consumer. You know, we have... Well, we're always taught as real estate investors, right, that there's two types of contractors. There's the ones that work with investors, and then there's the ones that don't. Right. And you want to find the ones that work with investors because the other guys are going to charge you 3x, 5x, 10x. That's right, man. You can't be looking for uh, contractors if you're an investor. You can't be going to Google, Yahoo. You can't hear somebody on the radio, look at see their ad on TV, watching a Astros game or a Rockets game and think that, hey, that guy's going to be able to give me the type of price point that I'm going to need in order to be able to execute this scope of work and keep value. Um, you got to go find those guys. Those guys, uh, you know, Usually you're going to find guys who are good at their job actually doing work on job sites. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, you're right. If you expect to, uh, if you expect to find value by finding guys in the, well, we don't use the phone book anymore, but in the phone book, um, you're, you're going to, you're sadly mistaken. You're going to end up getting charged. Like you said, three, four, five, maybe six times more than you should have had to pay. Right. Absolutely, man. And you know, you said you, you do a lot of work with, uh, with storm damage, uh, I know DFW is very prone to uh, tornadoes and big hailstorms and whatnot. You know, what's that like, man? What what what's what, what kind of damage can somebody see from you know just a blow through storm? You know, yeah, it's crazy. You know, we just had one on Saturday night. So wait, obviously there's uh, down in South Texas and down in uh, Louisiana, especially around Lake Charles, everybody's dealing with the hurricane. Uh, up here Saturday night, we had gale force winds, a bunch of fences and trees knocked over, roofs blown off. All that was just that's just a typical Saturday night. Any Saturday night, <laughs> all year round, it seems like in Dallas Fort Worth. That's why there's so many restoration contractors and. You don't have to be licensed to be a restoration contractor or a roofer in the state of Texas, which is, you know, not good for home and business owners because they don't know who they're getting into bed with sometimes. But um, yeah, so it's crazy. Uh, even uh, Saturday during the day, my crew, all my guys were out knocking doors in a newly hail damaged area, got hit with hail two and a half weeks ago. And uh, we knocked on a guy's door. He signed up to have us help him out with his, his uh, roof claim literally walked back by his house two hours later. My guys are all going back to their trucks. His house was on fire and it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. It's a crazy coincidence, but we ended up helping him out, introducing him to a PA. The PA met his adjuster for the walkthrough just two, three days ago. Um, so we're, we're dealing with tornadoes, high wind, hail. Um, we also deal with flooding, uh, not as much normally as South Texas and South Louisiana, but we do get flooding and, um, yeah, fires too. Uh, this was an electrical fire. It was crazy. But last October we had a massive tornado blow through right up the gut, right through Dallas, blow down a uh, very busy home Depot, a bunch of schools and million dollar homes all over the place, flattened or at least decimated by damage. So there is uh, severe weather here in Dallas, Fort Worth all the time. And, um, you never know, man, it, it comes out of nowhere. Hey, they, they always say there's nothing between Texas and Canada, but barbed wire. So, uh, man, this ship blows through uh, at the drop of a hat. You never know what's around the next corner. Yo, Jess, I have been at DFW many times and I love, yeah. I love Dallas, man. There you I go, love man. Dallas. It's awesome. Uh, I ran through deep Ellum, 
Yeah. Downtown. Uh, I did many events out there. I love the city. I could never live there, though, because oh, yeah? of the weather. So Really? Well, so, I dude, mean. I'll, I'll, listen, brother. I am <laughs> deathly. And, and I mean, like, deathly, bro. Like, hide under the bed, afraid of tornadoes. Well, let me build you a safe room, man. I'm about to build one for a guy uh, over in Farmer's Branch. Um, he's actually a rugby friend of mine, and uh, he's deathly afraid of him, too. So I said, man, if you got 50K, let me build you an impenetrable safe room, and that's what we're going to do for him. So I can oh, do that man. for you, man. Move up here. I'll build you a safe room, brother. Are we talking under the ground? Or are we talking? It's halfway. It's half and half, and uh, the rest of it's uh, steel reinforced concrete block. I mean, nothing's blowing that bitch down. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah dude i uh so I, I i do business out of houston yeah and but i'm from up north and i've never seen skies turn black and just open up with absolute destruction like yeah, man. Down in texas bro it's uh, yeah. the, the thunder is just different up, man. man it's crazy, yeah yeah brother but for it a guy is, like man. you man you know that's your business so yeah yeah so it is i mean we- thing right yeah, we tell people we uh, use hammers and nails and pray for hail. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those necessary evils around here. Unfortunately, uh, there's nothing we can do about the weather except for try to be prepared. Mm. I think uh, what we try to tell clients all the time, um, if, something, if something hits you, if it damages your home or business, make us your first call. We'll be out there right away. Make sure we get you in the dry and then we'll help you out. Um, we can't negotiate your insurance claim because we're not public adjusters, but we know tons of public adjusters, appraisers. We connect our clients with the people who can help them because unfortunately insurance carriers aren't as honest as they say they are on Super Bowl commercials. So, you know, we, we're always trying to advocate for our clients, put our clients first, and that's super important to us. And uh, making sure that the client is fairly dealt with, man, that should be priority one to every carrier, but unfortunately it's not. So mm. it's one of those things that if you get hit, you never know who's on your side, who's not. You don't know who to trust. And, and we've positioned, positioned ourselves in the market here in Dallas-Fort Worth as an independent contractor who's got the best in mind for the client first. Mm. So I think that's pretty important stuff. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So... Jess, how long have you been in the construction space now? Yeah, man, for about 25 years. So I grew up up in the state of Washington, and then I ended up uh, ended up down here uh, in uh, the the North Texas area to go to go to college. Finished up college there, and really noticed that I grew up farming, and um, so construction's in my blood. You, you're building and solving problems every day. I love that working with my hands. Notice when I moved here, you got a year round build build season. And, uh, you, you might have a week here, a week there where it's, it's too cold. Um, other than that, if you can stand the heat, you can be out there making a living. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I started, I started working construction when I was in college to pay for college and, um, just kind of things took off from there and, uh, started to pair the construction. So I call it uh, customer service contracting. It's a lot of the, what we do all day, every day started to pair that along with residential contracting. So, um, real estate investment contracting. So I can use these, all these crews over here for the customer service contracting, and then I can keep them busy on my 
res- on my, my real estate investment projects. I keep my guys busy all year long. I don't have to be chasing subcontractors all over the place. My quality doesn't dip. I, I'm able to keep continuity, keep everybody working, keep everybody earning money, and also hopefully uh, some multiple streams of income there as well. Mm, nice, man. And yeah. how, how have y'all been holding up through COVID over the oh. last couple of months? I mean, to say that's a challenge is an understatement. I think it's a challenge to everyone. You know, um, my, my hat is off to those people who are trying to survive, who own bars and restaurants, obviously. Some other service type industry things like um, hair salons and things like that. It's just been hit much, much harder than, than construction has. We're still deemed essential. So we've been working every day since. But I mean, it's been crazy, man, trying to figure out child care for my guys. And you can't send your kids to school or daycare. Both parents need to be out working has been an absolute just mammoth challenge. And uh, we've met those challenges every day. But to say that it's been a breeze for the last six months would be a fucking lie. I mean, it's been I mean, almost every day we wake up and we're faced with something that we some type of problem or challenge that we've never faced before. Um, It's just crazy all the way down to we've got logistical challenges now. Obviously, there's trade issues with China. We get a law a lot of raw construction materials from China. Um, so there are supply chain issues. Um, there's inventory issues. I mean, you can't, you want to go buy a new, uh, awesome car off a lot. looks like you're a car guy. You can't do that. There's inventory issues all over the place. If you're a big car guy, um, you ain't uh, kidding, bro. Yeah. Trying to get equipment, trying to get, I know I've got a bunch of friends who are down in Lake Charles right now trying to get generators. Can't get those, man. I mean, everybody was shutting down because of COVID. Now, obviously it it killed less than 10,000 people. Uh, We were obviously just greatly misled, but you know, those of us out here hustling for a living like you and I do, um, we've got to do what we've got to do on a daily basis. And COVID has been a challenge. Um, Whether or not it was weaponized as, you know, a, po- a political weapon is is up to you know uh, people uh, over my over my pay grade to decide. All I know is I got to keep my guys busy, mm. and I got to make sure that my clients get taken care of, and I got to feed my family. So whatever I fucking got to do to do that, that's what I'm going to fucking do every day. And um, mm. challenges are what guys like you and I are built to face. So bring it on, you know. Exactly, bro. Speaking of shortages, man, there was like a good month. It was no roast beef. <laughs> it, it, it roast beef. It was gone. Every single deli I went to, they're like, there's, there's no roast beef anymore. It's gone. You got to go to, you got to go to sliced turkey, bro. Like, yeah. I'm like, I got to go to turkey now. Like, man, I never thought I'd live in a world where roast beef was such a high commodity. Then Funny. the butcher tells me, you know, when it comes back, it's going to be extremely expensive. It's a hot commodity. Yeah. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, you don't think about those little things, no. like you said, right? Like the, the, no. the supply chain, right? No, nope, it just you don't. trickles all the way down. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? I mean, yep. dude, we live in a world where a couple of months ago there was no toilet paper. So right. Good. Yeah. You need toilet nope, paper. Lady. You're fucked. No hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. It's I gone. mean, just crazy, yeah, crazy, man. crazy. Yeah. So, so Jess, you said you grew up in in Washington State, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet brother, I've been there, man. Beautiful. Yeah, state, man. Bro, I've been a, I've is. been a Yakima, Tacoma, Bengal. Have you? There you I've go. Been, yeah, man. I, uh, I I had some friends out there a while back, dude. I uh, right on. I, I hit up uh, Mount St. Helens. There you go, man. Did that? Did the? You know, uh, you know that there. that that volcano, that Mount St. Helens volcano, 
is the reason why we now have uh, orientated strand board. You know, OSB, what you deck a roof with or what you deck, uh, you put on the walls of a house before you put the brick on or before you put siding yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, OSB. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like you know, some people call it particle board, but it's a strand board. It's got these, all these different directions. Well, that was invented at uh, university where I started school, Washington State University, using volcanic timber from Mount St. Helens. Washington State University is where that was invented, OSB. And uh, now you see OSB everywhere. Now they have actually taken the waterproofing where you used to put OSB up, then you put Tyvek or another you know brand house wrap over it. Now a German company has perfected the technology where the waterproofing is all on one side. So you see those zip panels everywhere, those green sheathing and, and red roofing panels, but that's all OSB. That's all from Mount St. Helens. That's how that all originated, that technology. It's pretty crazy. Crazy. Him, bro. Yeah, they had all of this volcanic cool. timber. They had to do something with it. So, um, yeah, engineering school there at Washington State started to do some research and figure out, hey, what can we do? How can we build this? So, yeah, man, just Dude. a little fun fact for you there, man. I love the Pacific Northwest, bro. Me one, too, bro. One of my favorite parts about up there, bro, is that ferry, man, where you could just drive the car on. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go out there? See, I grew up on Whidbey Island. So one of the fair that I mean, we're we're a bridge onto one end of the island, ferry off the yeah. other end. So, so where were you? There's a, so you're in Seattle. Sure. There's a town. I think it's called either Bregington or uh, Bremerton. Bremerton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hit up and Bremerton. there's the Bainbridge Island Ferry, and yeah, cool, yeah. man. That's yeah. awesome. I was, so, dude, I hit up the uh, the Boeing factory out there, man. Mm-hmm. That thing is insane, bro. Yeah, it sure is, man. People it don't absolutely. realize how big that place is. No, they don't, man. It's uh, it's 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 a marvel to yeah. see the see how they put all those machines together mm-hmm. and just see how they uh, put all those people to work. It's crazy. I know, yeah. man. I know. Airline industries aren't doing too hot right now. No, There's no. A lot uh, of layoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Airlines suffering, oil and gas obviously took just uh, some, some people never recover, have had to go. I've got friends who've had to go in different directions because of the, you know, the bottom fell out of oil and gas. And um, so, yeah, man, I mean, know a lot of people who are hurting, but a lot of people like guys like you, you know, the type of people you and I know, super resilient people, they almost welcome adversity. They almost welcome a challenge. They're like, bring it the fuck on. Mm. Let's see what you got. And um, I think you have to be like that if you're running your own thing, because man, uh, <laughs> life's trying to take you out at, at every turn. Sometimes it seems like. See, Jess, for me, bro, I've been in, I've been in the entrepreneurial space for like seven years now. And for me, I come from the hospitality space. I used to serve tables and sling drinks. Yeah. I live every day like it could all be taken away tomorrow and I could be right back behind that bar. So I always try to plan in my mind for that rainy day. So I think that's one thing that's been able to help me get through the tough times economically because, you know, I, I plan for it in a way, right? Yeah, some people they just they they you know unfortunately they get very very comfortable. They think that it's always going to be coming in no matter what. They're always going to have tons of work no matter what. And then when it stops and the well goes dry, they have no they have no know how of doing anything else right or adjusting. What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, I totally agree. I don't know who, I don't know if you know who Kenny Florian is, but um, he's a UFC fighter, MMA guy. He's an MMA coach now. And he says that in his opinion, what life boils down to is um, the acquisition of life skills. So you learn life skills, you perfect those life skills, um, and then you execute those life skills and then you go gain more life skills. And I, I, I completely agree with that. So for me, you know, um, if, if everything went up in smoke and all my guys decided to go work for somebody else, I know I can still build. I framed houses with my own two hands, like I said, grew up farming. So I've got a lot of life skills. And, um, I think that, um, I really think that comfort, is the the tried and true and full on enemy of success. If you're comfortable, you're fucked. And you know, um, before we came on this uh, program, you talked about Joe Rogan. He talks about it all the time, and he has guys on like Jocko Willink and David Goggins talking about, "Hey, get out there and do something hard today." What is that? Is that a workout that you don't want to do because it's 104 out with 90 percent humidity? Um, is it uh, you've been procrastinating on some work things that you need to do? Um, is it getting your diet, your nutrition squared away? Whatever it is, do something hard today because when you start doing something hard, and then the next day you do it. Next day you do it. Next day you do it. You can now accomplish things that are more and more and more difficult. Instead of being intimidated by that adversity, that adversity is something that you welcome because instead of seeing adversity as a negative, you now see adversity as a positive. It's an opportunity. Here's, here's adversity. It's going to, it's going to ask me, it's going to test me. It's going to test my mettle as a person. Am I going to be able to step up? Am I going to be able to crush this adversity and move through it? Or is it going to crush me back? Because I mean, it's one, one thing's going to happen one way or the other. It's going to beat you or you're going to beat or you're going to beat it. Sometimes it is going to beat you, but can you get up the next day and face it again and go after it? So yeah, man, a hundred percent. Like if you are resting on your laurels, you feel like you've made it, whether you're an athlete, whether you're in business, whether you're an entertainer, man, you're screwed, right? Because no, there's no hunger there anymore. You've lost it. And so sometimes creating synthetic hunger is, is a fake, like a fake sense of urgency is, is required. I mean, I tell my guys all the time that, you know, you, you've got to, you got to crush fear, but sometimes fear it can be the best motivator. You just explained it in your life. You know, you've got this fear of, hey man, if I got to treat every day, like I'm starting from zero, otherwise I'm going to end up behind that bar again, lose everything I've got. And I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a motivator. It's a, some of the best ever to do it. Like Michael Jordan, he would 100% tell you that, that losing is not an option. And he's got a bigger fear of losing than love of winning. And I think those are, those are the types of things that I feel strongly about. And those are kind of some of the ways that I try to live my life as well my man absolutely agree bro some golden nuggets man you you spilling <laughs> them already brother i love it you're good at your job man i love it bro today. my man all right so jess talk to us about your your upbringing right so i really want to i want to go back in time right mm -hmm. and you know if you if you could share with us you know what kind of upbringing yeah i know you said you you grew up uh you know on, on a farm Right. Well, well, yeah. well, you know, tell us, man, what, what was it like for you growing up? Yeah, you bet, man. So um, my, my, my dad's actually a minister. So we grew up, you know, uh, in church a couple times a week, went to small church type school as well, and uh, just learned to work hard. Um, we, we for sure had fun, uh, spent a ton of time outside, man. I was, you know, doing the Boy Scout thing, hunting, fishing, hiking, canoeing, 
uh, doing all that type of stuff, which you can imagine up there in, in uh, the Pacific Northwest is kind of what we all did. But then also sports were, they were very, very important to me and to a lot of my friends growing up. We learned a lot of lessons playing sports. And um, those are some of the, some of the greatest memories that I've got from growing up or, you know, my, my, the times I spent with my teammates in practice and in games, losing and winning. And uh, we just learned, uh, you know, my dad's got, and my mom instilled serious work ethic in, in me and my brother and sisters growing up. Um, there was a time to work and then a time to play. And you didn't get that time to play until that work was done. And so, um, you know, those are, those are some of the principles that I was raised with. I wasn't a huge fan of school. I'm not going to lie. I don't really like being inside very much at all. So uh, it was hard for me to stick to it. But um, I got my high school degree and then got to play a little ball in college and got my college degree as well. And, and I think, you know, I don't think college at all is a prerequisite for success, but I do think that seeking out and finding an education that fits what you want to do with your life is I always encourage my guys, whether they've got a college degree or not, to always be in pursuit of knowledge because you can never take someone's education away. And I was talking earlier about life skills. You can't ever, once you've learned something, you can't take that away from someone. So if you empower yourself with knowledge, with experience, with skills, man, that's that's invaluable. But yeah, growing up, man, I uh, being outside, being active, um, fishing, uh, hunting, playing ball. Those were, those, that, those are the highlights that my childhood was made of. And, uh, those are definitely my best memories for sure. Sweet brother. At, at what point, I know you said that you went down to Texas to go to school, right? What, what, were, what were you studying in, in school? Um, I was studying business. So my major was entrepreneurship and strategic management at uh, the university in North Texas in Denton. And, um, learned a lot, man. Um, taking some really tough accounting classes. Some of those accounting principles I still use today. Some of those statistics principles that were also tough for me to grasp, but I finally did. I use a lot of those as well. Why, why did you choose that, that path? Um, you know, I felt like it was a little more broad than just if I, I was very interested in engineering and very interested in architecture as well. But my dad encouraged me. He was like, hey, if you're going to be an architect, there will be a time to specialize in that. Why don't you learn how to run a business first? I was all, I've always been entrepreneurial. So whether it was growing up um, shoveling driveways or delivering newspapers to make extra money, I was always always figuring out a way to, to earn extra, to, to get, you know, to, to, to advance myself in terms of dollars. So that entrepreneurial spirit's always been there. And I think my, my dad was, he was very encouraging of trying to, to choose a, a degree path that was a little more broad that would be able to help me as I moved forward. And I'm thankful mm-hmm. that he did because I learned a ton. And I also learned the differences in people, right? If every single person on the planet, it was like me, then, um, you know, not a lot of people would like, uh, not a lot of people cause not very many people like me. Um, I and, like and, you, bro. Uh, why, why, why don't people like you, man? Let's, uh, let's get some drinks, bro. No, I mean, <laughs> Hey, all of my, uh, all my rugby friends like me, uh, it just, I'm, I'm kind of a hard driving guy, but, um, I learned that did that the differences in people are what make a really strong team, right? You can't have all, an entire team of Tom Brady's. You gotta have, uh, your linebackers and your receivers and your pass rushers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, the the importance of building a team that's super diverse in terms of skill sets and also personalities and approaches. Um, we do a lot of sales and a lot of sales training in my team. And I got guys, so, some guys who are super laid back and I got some guys who are really, really direct. And you, there's, you know, they, the, each, each different personality has differing degrees of success, but they are all successful when they kind of put our formula into place of following up and communicating and clients first and educating clients, things like that. And so in college, I just really learned the difference between people and how to fit everyone in at the right angle and at the right time and in the right place to get a win as a team. Because when you're trying to, to, to do something as a team, you're obviously, you're trying to achieve and pursue wins and success. Mm. And so I learned a lot uh, about that in college. Um, and, and I think that's what college kind of is all about learning who you are as a person, who other people are learning how to respect them and, uh, learning how to identify skills and talent in other people. And, um, you know, just, uh, learning how to work a system. Cause, mm-hmm. cause when you go to college and you get a degree, man, um, there's a lot of people with degrees who are, you know, digging ditches. Um, it's, it's about learning how to work a system and how to take, how to identify opportunities and, and, uh, attack and, and grasp those opportunities when they present themselves. Now, how, how did you pay for college? Yeah. With, uh, with a paper check and a pen, bro. Um, I, uh, I put, I roofed houses, I built patio covers, I built garages, I poured concrete. Um, I did anything and everything, uh, construction. Um, and I paid for college. I came out of college at the end with zero debt, paid for it all myself. And so, um, yeah, that was, um, that was a challenge because I also was very, very involved in the rugby scene in college and I got married my senior year as well. So to say I was busy is a little bit of an understatement. So um, I'm not really used to having sit around time, you know, mm-hmm. even now um, it's it's a foreign concept to me. I don't sit at home uh, and play Fortnite or watch, you know, Dr. Phil reruns. That's for goddamn sure. I'm out there hitting the hitting the bricks every day, bro. So, so. no games, no video games. You know what? No, uh, growing up, those weren't allowed. Uh, we played absolutely none. Um, in college, I play. I there's a, a rugby video game that came out on EA Sports, and I would play that once in a while after rugby trainings. Just you know, all the guys over at the house. But no, you know, um, I don't, and I don't. Uh, I don't know. I I, th- I think that I think a lot of our youth these days would be better served maybe spending their time outside, even if it is hot. Uh, learning how to you know build things with their hands and things like that because uh i do i do respect technology quite a bit but i think it's so so fucking easy to just sit around and uh you know hit that bull one more time and uh before you know it the day is gone you've achieved fucking nothing and you do that you know 52 times and that's a year 52 times 52 weeks that's a year you know so kids nowadays uh definitely a different world that we're living in i like how you said that kids nowadays yeah bro <laughs> <laughs> you know some some of these kids are making some big money sure yeah 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 you got it hey much love that's awesome get after it like you know? go fucking make that money doing what you love if uh if tech is gonna pay the bills uh listen the uh 
the the smartest guys in the world uh, are who are the richest guys in the world are tech guys, right? So let's not make any bones about it. They're not out there swinging a fucking hammer, sweating. Uh, although, I mean, you got to give guys like Gates and Bezos their due, man. They built their ship from absolute nothing out of their garage to be the guys they are now because they were visionaries mm-hmm. and they put tech to use. I guess it's more of a just... Uh, I think I, you see a lot of times that sometimes the gaming with the kids, it's just, it lends itself toward, there's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more for recreation than, than education. I don't think you would have found Bezos or Gates on their couch hitting that bong one more time and letting one week devolve into 52. You know what I'm saying? Those guys were hard drivers from the get-go. So Yeah, bro. I hear yeah. you. There's a lot of... A lot of laziness out there nowadays, right? A fuck ton, bro. Um, I talk about it all the time. Um, I've shot a bunch of videos about it too, about how pervasive uh, being a flake is. Um, I don't really know how to say it other than that without you know dropping a bunch of F-bombs around it, but just like not being reliable, not, not being a good communicator, not being consistent. Like Those are really, really simple things. Those do not take um, a, a road scholar intellect to be, right? They just take a little bit of discipline to be reliable, consistent, and a good communicator. I mean, a good communicator doesn't mean you have a huge vocabulary. It just means you answer a fucking text message in like 30 minutes, not three days. You know what I'm saying? And it's tough stuff. Um, I tell my guys all the time, man, when a client reaches out, if you are lightning fast to respond, or if you reach out to a client before they even have to reach out to you, man, you're going to set yourself apart and uh, setting yourself apart these days is easier than it ever has been. I feel like now you get out there with the savages who are hustling and you had better fucking bring your a game because they are all the 1%. They are all communicating at lightning speed. They are all, you know, enhancing their knowledge base. They're all learning. They're all extremely disciplined people and that's what you have to be if you want to be in that one percent and you want to be pulling down that one percent in terms of dollars you'd better be competing mm. at that one percent level so that's so true man i just uh hired this company to do some yeah. do some cyborg for me on it's an online service-based company and because of covid they're su- they're not offering support to Customers like they're just they shut down their support. It's a fucking mess, man. I'm yeah, I know. Five that's days not now. Five days. Fuck that. To get fuck a response. That. Fuck that. Fuck that. You know. I deal with insurance carriers all the time. You're trying to tell me that you can't send your entire staff home. They can't all work remotely, and you can't answer fucking phone calls in a timely fashion. I reject that. I summarily reject that. That's complete bullshit. And do not use the pandemic as an excuse to be lazier than you already were, or you can mm. fucking get fucked. And uh, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take my business elsewhere. You know what I'm That's saying, bro? It, like, man. I mean, hey, uh, COVID's hit hit everybody. I bet you're still responding uh, when there's a hot deal. I bet you're all over it. Of you know, course, and then you gotta be. So, Dude, customer support is everything, man. Like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I I've definitely had some experiences over the last couple of months with just you know pandemic happens and people just throw all the principles out the window man you know it's bullshit just, it's man gone. yeah it's it's pretty crazy you know we we um sub subcontract out several tasks i'm trying to think of one where i've had a good experience you know what uh graphic designer 
who reworked all my logos, everything. One of the best experiences I've had in customer service. And it's been during COVID. And it's mm. because um, you just, you know, in business you have, and it does take some work, but if you can find the type of people who operate like you operate, you're going to put together a dynamite team. Whether that's a team of subcontractors who are renovating a flip for you, or that's your title company and your realtor. Um, you, and this is the time. Right, because right now it's really easy to tell who the contenders and the pretenders are. Right, I mean the contenders are standing out because the pretenders are using everything as, as an excuse to be more lazy and less productive. And um, I, I don't know, man. For for all of its negatives, COVID has really it's really showing you um, who's going to rise above and who's going to get knocked off their game. Mm. And I've hired some really, really solid new team members over the last three to four months that I'm super excited about who, um, you know, for whatever reason, their previous employment opportunity dried up and they were, they might not have been a candidate before COVID, but now they're like, Hey, I want to do something and I want to control my own fucking destiny. And I'm like, come on, jump on board. Let's get this done. Because, you, you know, in sales, you can control your own destiny. You write your own paycheck. As hard as you want to work, that's as successful as you're going to be. And so um, sales is cutthroat, though, man. It's not cut out for everybody. I have people call me all the time. I tell them, oh, this is what's gonna, this, what is going to be expected of you. And, you know, maybe two in 10 even make it to their first interview. Because these people are like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can hack that. And I'm like, yeah, well, if you don't know right now, then the answer is, fuck, no, you cannot hack it. So... Um, COVID's crazy though, man, right? Like, uh, it, it's nuts that, mm. um, that companies who depend on your dollars, my dollars, just treat us like an afterthought. I, it blows my mind, but it's happening every day. Absolutely, bro. So Jess, you graduate college, right? You said that you were, you know, doing some side work, some side gigs to pay for school. Yeah. Uh, you get the degree, right? Uh, in entrepreneurship and in business, right? Was that the yeah, strategic management? Strategic it's a business management. degree. Business yep. degree. Mm-hmm. You graduate. Okay, doors open. You're done. Uh, now what? What do you do? Yeah. So I mean, the the construction thing continued to to be very attractive to me. I think I flipped my first house um, within 18 months of graduating college. So. I started to move uh, into the insurance claim and restoration space full time. Now I don't have, didn't have uh, classes to go to, got a degree under my belt. Um, and, and, you know, it just taught me to work hard, harder than I had already been taught to work. And um, it also helped me network. So I, I had met, met a lot of people in school and I just started, you know, stacking, you know, brick on brick on brick, which is kind of what you have to do. And, um, yeah, just continued to move through the, through this, uh, residential and light commercial construction. I built some car washes, some self storages, um, a couple of airplane hangers, a couple of them with tornado shelters in a man actually, um, and started to build a client base and then started to put together a team. And now here I am, you know, 20 years, uh, after college, not quite, uh, 16, 17 years after college and, um, you know, have built a couple of businesses up and continue to try to, to, to perfect the real estate investing, uh, craft, um, while also building this team up, um, because we are in so many doors. So, you know, as many doors as maybe a wholesaler would be in just knocking on doors, Hey, can I buy your house? Can I buy your house? 
we're in a lot of those houses that are already distressed. And so we've been able to turn that into a bit of a core competency, trying to identify, um, you know, investment properties. Cause you make money uh, in real estate when you buy, not when you sell. So if it's, if it's gotta be a deal uh, on the front end or it's never going to work out, uh, at the end. And, um, so yeah, man, that, that's what, that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing for the last, you know, shoot, uh, 20 years, you know, um, come hell or high water. Uh, we got through the 0708 thing that really, um, I had that, that, that was a gut punch to me. Like it was to everyone who was in real estate at that time and, um, learned some lessons. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's just like anything else. Uh, it was, that's, that was just uh, a challenge. It was an adversity you got to get over it and just keep on going. You know, you can't let it get you down. Cause it got, man, there's, there were people who committed suicide because of that 0708 crash, man. I mean, there's movies made out of, uh, about that shit. I mean, that was, that took a lot of people by surprise, including me. And, um, it's just, uh, it, you know, at a certain point in life, it's just, one foot in front of the other, even when it's not fun, because um, it's going to get fun again. And life's too short to, for it to just be trudgery the whole time. So you get you're you're hoping in business, man. I hope things, you know, open back up. And uh, you know, uh, we're faced with it again now because of COVID. Very similar, right, to the 0708 crash. We, nobody saw that coming. That came out of the blue. There were some hedge fund people who saw it coming, and they bet against the bubble, and they and they won. But um, COVID's very similar, right? Like uh, out of the blue pandemic. I mean, nobody's ever seen anything like this. Um, shutting down the economy, bringing it to to a, a screeching halt. And now we're trying to dig our way out of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm, absolutely, man. So it seems like when you got out of college, and, and, and I, I want to still spend some time during this, this part of your life. It seems like when you got out of college, you already kind of knew what you wanted to do, right? Like yeah, you're going to go I, build the construction business and you're going to go make that happen. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, it took me a long time to decide to build a team, which is a little bit odd because um, every team that I was ever on, I was either the team captain or in a leadership role of the team. But I've, I've got this thing in business um, for, for a long time. I don't know if I would say I procrastinated, or maybe it worked out for the for the best because I was doing the construction thing by myself for a really long time, and uh, built up a great client base. I believe because of that because they got my uh, full attention. Um, but I also learned, man, fucking everything you could learn about, especially customer service contracting, down to you know how to file liens, how to collect from people who are delinquent. Um, the tough stuff, how to deal with almost every customer service scenario you could possibly imagine. And that's really helped me now because now I've got yeah, a bunch of young guys and gals working for me who they come to me with a challenge. Hey, what, what should I do here? Man, I've done, I've been through that. And I see, you know, some guys who are quite a bit younger than me who are trying to build a team and they lose their team as fast as they're building it. So they're taking one step forward, two steps back a lot of times because they don't have that experience base to be able to, to offer advice that's based on experience to get through things. So uh, I, I come out of college, I definitely knew I wanted to be in and stay in construction. Um, I definitely knew that I I love architecture. I love real estate. Um, and uh, I think, I think more than anything, it was just kind of pursuing that path and that I took a lot of pride in the fact that I've built everything that I have myself and um, I'm only just now really reaching out and doing it more and more proactively 
to um, to brainstorm and to mastermind with mentors and with peers and with colleagues to try to continue to improve my game every day. Mm. Jess, what would you say over the last 20 years, 25 years, uh, is your biggest challenge? Like one of the biggest challenges, the oh shit, my whole world's collapsing moments. Uh, you know, tell us about that. Um, you know, getting spread too thin for sure. So I think it's really, really hard when you are a, like a straight up hustler, like a Glen Gary, Glen Ross boiler room. You're just, uh, you are, uh, uh, I'm, I'm mentioning some great salesmanship movies. Um, you are, when you're, you're when you, me, brother. Yeah. I love a most violent year as well. You should check that out with just put that fucking and coffee all. down. That's right, man. <laughs> coffee is for closers. That's yeah. That's it, brother. Um, and, uh, so yeah, man, um, I would say getting spread too thin. So, um, when you are, uh, when you're a hustler, you are chasing every deal. Like it's your last, you know, you're creating that almost fake fear on a daily basis. Maybe I got a bunch of money in the bank, but today when I wake up this morning, we're starting at zero, zero and I'm going to win the day every single day. Cause if I do that every day for a year, I'm gonna have a great year. Well, you've got to know when to cut your losses with clients. You have to know, man, this is starting to go south. And I either need this client to sign all these change orders or I've got to pull my crew. Man, that took me a long fucking time to learn. And I would say that, that the biggest adversities that I've been faced with are customer service scenarios where someone either was taking advantage of me because they mistook my kindness and the fact that I will not be outworked for weakness. Um, and there are a lot of guys who are in con- construction and contracting who want to be people pleasers. Because, man, it's really hard to get good reviews if you're pissing people off, right? And, I mean, reviews weren't even a thing when I started at mm-hmm. this shit. But we didn't even have fucking email till I was like a sophomore in college. So, hopefully, I didn't just date myself. But, little, I mean... A little bit, but it's yeah, all good, Yeah, yeah, man. It's all good. I, mean, I, I didn't <laughs> even have up. a... Yeah, I didn't even have a fucking cell phone, an actual real mobile phone till I was like two, three years out of college. It was those bag phones. You would plug them into your cigarette lighter. Other than that, when I first started contracting, we were, you would hit the pay phone, call the client, tell the client you'd be there in 30 minutes, look up, look it up in your maps, go and drive over there and sell the job. So, um, yeah, back to the, back to the challenge thing. It's knowing when a client is trying to take you for a ride and identifying a client as a problem client, uh, in construction is tough, man. I mean, people are trying to get shit for free all the time. And, uh, you know, we're not the power company. You don't just get to go, Oh, you didn't pay your bill. I'm going to turn your, your, uh, your power off till you pay me in construction. You have to furnish a lot of labor and material before you can get paid. And so I have been ripped off every goddamn way you can possibly think of. And, uh, again, that's helped me identify, um, when you've got to cut bait with someone and when you've got to hold them accountable. Mm. Um, that, that was a huge, that was a, those have been huge tests. And then man, that crash in 07, 08, not to just go back to, to all bad news bears, but man, that, that was, that was really, really tough, man. I was heavily invested in, in real estate at that time. And, um, I, I, I took a hit just like everybody. Mm. What would you say is your biggest financial loss during your business career? 
where oh what were, just like dollars yeah like whether you lost money on it on a flip or a, a rental property or a customer took you for a ride and you lost money man um yeah so i would say at one time one deal a one time one deal loss uh you know around a quarter mil something like that a quarter mil yep Jeez, Louise, bro. Yeah, right. On a, on a deal that went bad, like one of your deals, or um, yeah, a real estate deal that that went bad. That you know, just things out of it was a perfect storm type type deal. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said at the beginning of the show, you know, it, it could all go up in smoke. I could end up back behind the bar. Um. That's, and and I it could all go up in smoke for me, and I could end up back with the tool belt on, framing houses. And to be honest with you, man, I might actually be a happier guy if that's how it was. I mean, there are many days when I think about just cashing it all in, going and building cabins for a living, getting lost up in the mountains somewhere, mm. and uh, rafting and and and, uh, and and hunting in my off time because sometimes the hustle is a grind, bro. But you know, I love competition, like down to my bones. Um, I will, I will, uh, I, I welcome, uh, I welcome it. And I think I would miss it too much if I tried to bail. So, um, yeah, man, the losses, uh, the losses teach you more than the wins. And, um, there's a lot of pain in that. Um, but you know, doing something hard every day, sometimes that's taking a loss. And, um, you know, if you learn from your losses, then you never lose. You, you turn them into experience. Experience is knowledge. Everything else is just information. So you got to go through some of those hard times in order to gain the experience that it takes to succeed in the long run. Mm. Jess, do you think that someone can make the same mistake twice? Oh, I mean, I think it happens all the time. Um, I have found a lot of... Um, Resort. I, I've found I found it to be very very helpful to have a team around me, a leadership team, a management team, because I still find myself in that straight hustler mode where hey, I want to hire this person even though they don't check the boxes, they don't meet our criteria. I feel like my enthusiasm, my energy, my vibe can change them into an effective subcontractor, an effective sales guy. And I, I've taken a step back and I let my leadership team go, no, you know, they don't meet our criteria. We have a certain criteria there. My fiance as well. I, I use her as a sounding board. I um, mean, I've got a couple of mentors, including my dad. Um, I didn't really have any business mentors. So um, I have learned some hard lessons about trying to go too far, too fast, biting off more than you can chew. But I would much rather have it said about me when I'm pushing up daisies that, hey, this guy fucking went for it. Then, you know, he lived a nice, safe life. And uh, that's all they'd ever say. Fuck that, man. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm going to hit the wall. Uh, they're they're going to find find the car having hit the wall at 100 miles an hour because I, I welded the pedal to the metal. You know what I'm saying? I feel and you, I, brother. I, just, I, don't, I don't think... I don't think guys like you and me can live any other way. There's a certain way you're built and, um, you know, fuck fear, bring it on. Let's go. Um, and, uh, at a certain point, I feel like the, the, if you have the positive, if you're bringing the positive energy, the juice on a daily fucking basis, good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Bad things are too, 
don't don't make stupid decisions. Back to your question. Yes, you can. I have made the same bad decision a few times, the same mistakes. But I think you can start to learn from them, especially when you take a step back and you analyze the mistake and you say, oh, okay, this is what I did. Next time I'm in a similar scenario, I'm going to I'm going to think back to this and I'm going to try to improve and try not to do this again. Mm. Speaking of fear. Yeah. We all afraid of something, brother. Right. I know it's in you too, man. You bet. You big and bad on the surface, but I know now <laughs> in your soul, brother, you're, you're deathly afraid of something, man. What, what's sure. your biggest fear, Jess? What's your biggest failure, fear? man? Um, it's crazy that you said that. I just put this. I uh, just put this on my Instagram stories because I don't know why it, it just struck me. Um, if if you if you wanna if if you wanna scorch and torch fear, you've got to be so afraid of failure that nothing else can even phase you. And failure, I'm more afraid of failure than anything. What, I'm what, afraid, what is failure for you, though? Oh, I mean... Failure in what, um, what way? You know what? Failure ultimately to me is that I gave up and I moved to the mountains and I'm a rafting guide and I'm building cabins and I've just, you know, put, I've, I'm just out of the game because it was too much for me. I couldn't take it. Mm. To me, that would be an ultimate failure. Um, and you know, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where, uh, there are, there are certainly times where the adversity seems like it's too much. And you, that's for me, that's where I rely on my team. Um, and, and where I rely on those sounding boards going back to, Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what's up? Cause they, they believe me, people come to me and ask me for my advice all the time. My advice is, is my advice. It's based on a fuck ton of experience. I can tell you that. People ask me for my advice. What I normally say is either, you know, I've never gone through that. So this is what I would do. Take it for what it's worth. Or I'll tell them, you know what? My experience, this is what I went through. And this is what happened. Um, ultimate failure. Ultimately, um, what I'm most afraid of is just giving up. Because giving up, you know, I, I, think that's, I think that's when you... I think that's when a little piece inside you dies, you know, cause we all have dreams. If, if we weren't out here chasing dreams, you know, we, we aren't doing this shit for our health. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this shit can be, it can be very stressful, you know? Speaking of dreams, what is your dream? You know, um, that's a really good question. I would love to build the type of wealth that allows me to do things with my time when I'm in my mid fifties that I can't do right now. Cause right now I'm involved with the day to day to a degree where I can't, uh, you know, I can do some things that I want to do more than I could 10 years ago, but I'm still, it's, it's a grind every single day. I mean, my, my full attention is required by my team and by my real estate investments every day in my, in, in, in 15 years ish, I would like to have enough wealth there that I can take more time to do things um, that are, that are, that I have, that I'm passionate about. Um, some of that's just fun, just good old fun, but some of it's also the trying to, trying to improve, um, the world around me. I would, I would love to, that's, that's, that's got a lot to do with my dreams. Mm. So tomorrow you snap your fingers and you're doing whatever you want to be doing, right? Yeah. What does that look like? Where, where, where are you, first of all? Right? You can go anywhere in the world. Where are you? 
Boy, that's a good question, man. I sure love Colorado. I really love New Zealand. Um, and I love, you know, the Pacific Northwest and there's parts of Canada. I don't know if you've ever been up to Banff National Park in Canada, but that place is fucking unbelievable. Have, it's, I, uh, I need oof. to. You do. Uh, the Lake Coeur d'Alene area in Idaho is awesome. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan, as you can get, as you can see, the, the outdoors are important to me. So, um, man, snap my fingers. I'd be able to travel anywhere, anytime. Um, have a nice family, uh, have a couple of children, um, and uh, be able to be involved in some things that I feel like would make a lasting difference. So working with working with youth, um, teaching them how, like, to me, it's so, so, it's such a bummer when I talk to friends of mine, my contemporaries who are my age, who don't want to go start their own thing because they're afraid. And I would love to be able to circumvent that a little bit and get to younger people before they're older people and let them know that, Hey, you want to start your own thing. It's possible. Mm. All you got to have is some grit. So, um, yeah, man. And, and then being able to do some, just some fun shit and be, you know what, it, when, uh, when I am there financially, I want to make sure that I've got my health, that I'm still in really good shape, that I can move, that I can travel, that I can hike and run and bike and do all those things. Cause man, if we don't have our health, uh, we've got nothing. I mean, I think if the, if the last six months hasn't remind us of it, uh, of that, then we're screwed. Uh, if, if you, if, if your health isn't as important to you as it should be, then I think that's something that you should change right now. I try to make a concerted effort every day to get better at that. I'm not by no means perfect, but I'm trying to improve on a weekly basis, my health fitness. And, um, man, you know, what would be just so fucking awesome is having the ability to change someone's life financially. So if, if I was able to set some kids up with, man, you want to you want to go into this type of business, you got to have this education. And if you want to do that and you can prove to me that you are the right candidate, I'm going to pay your way. That type of thing. That's that I've got a real passion for that type. Mm. Of thing. Like, like uh, creating your own scholarship kind of deal. Yeah. But I mean, for, for like there, you can't go to college to be a real estate investor. In fact, going to college, if you want to be a real estate investor might be a waste of time. Now, I don't necessarily think that's a completely true statement because you can go to college and be, learn a lot about financials, learn a lot, learn a lot of really positive things that could help you be a financial, a real estate investor, but maybe, uh, even better than that would be trying to figure out some way to train people I mean, there are a lot of different moving parts. If you want to be a, re a real estate investor or if you want to be like a restoration contractor, most people who are good at that either grew up with it. They're, they're, they, they stepped into the shoes that, that their dad had built a company and then they took it over and they integrated tech. Like we see that a lot in the restoration side. Like my dad had tons and tons of contacts. We had a bunch of recurring contracts and then I came in, integrated tech and the thing took the next level. And then, uh, in the real estate investment game, so many kids get just completely caught up in the, the lie of how easy it is. Cause you have all these gurus out there telling them, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, you can do this. You can do that. And it's not necessarily true. Um, a little bit of, uh, boots on the ground training. Hey, go do this. Go try that. Um, go, go be a wholesaler. Learn that for six months, then go flip your first house, then go flip your first multifamily, just whatever it is. I think that that's the type of thing that could change lives. Mm. I dig it, brother. Yeah, man. You know, there's, there's definitely, there's a lot of phonies out there, brother. You and I both know that, man. Oh, bro. There's a lot of phonies selling the pipe dream. It's fucking crazy, man. It is. It's fucking crazy, especially with, 
TikTok, man. Um, have you got on TikTok yet? You know, no, man. I'm not very. I'm. I'm. I'm uncomfortable with it, just because you know. I'm just uncomfortable with the premise of it. So no, yeah. I've stayed away. So I'm on Snapchat. I have one friend, my fiance. That's it. Cause it's, she sends me pictures of our dog. So <laughs> man, the TikTok thing is, is, is crazy. Uh, besides the, you know, the privacy and the, the, the whole Chinese Ugh. Trump thing going on, but just the content, right? So oh. there's all these stock guys on TikTok now. Tell uh-huh. me to buy this, buy that, buy you know, and, and somebody that's brand new to the space, they don't know that you should never take financial uh, advice from somebody, A, that you don't know, and B, without doing your own research. So there's people just pumping out these these calls, right? Like, oh, go buy, go buy this. Go. People are losing money. They're losing, yeah. You know, they're getting ripped because they yep. don't know better, right? So, you know, back to what you said earlier, man, the education is so important. You know, Jess, um... Right now, man, people have been tuned in. They, they listen to your story, man. You got them fired up. You got them excited. They want to go out there and hit the hit the wall. Whatever. Yeah, you said brother. Before. Find a brick Dr- wall and run the through that bitch. Car into the wall. Fuck yeah, man. Bro. Pedal to the metal, bro. Oh, man. Um, Jess, what's your message to the people, man? Sure. So I think that um, I think that if you want to start your own thing, it's a hundred percent possible. I think that if you want to live a life that's a truly a free, happy life, it's got to be a DIY life, a do-it-yourself life. I think that um, you've got to start small. Um, but I think if you can find some people who you can trust, start asking them questions. So I don't know, whatever the space is that you're interested in, real estate, contracting, you want to open up a buy here, sell here, auto lot. Man, those things make those things make fucking unreal money, and you can go repo those right and get your down back and get you. I mean, those are those are cash cow places. Um, you want to be a material like material suppliers. Those places make tons of money. If you want to get your own thing off the ground, be prepared to work your ass off. But start asking people questions because you're going to be able to get answers back from the truth from the guys who are. Um, truly interested in helping out. And there are a lot of us like you, Ross, and like me who are out here. If somebody asked me a question about something, I would be more than happy to have a coffee with them or, you know, have a DM chat with them, give them some, give them some direction so that they didn't get ripped off by gurus. Um, and then just, just understand that adversity is just the universe's way of testing. you. So if you put it out into the universe that, Hey, by the time I'm 55, I want to have the financial freedom to help youth. The universe is going to see if you deserve that or not. It's going to fucking test you. To whom much is given, much is required. But guess what? Before much is given, honestly, usually before that, a fuck ton is required. Like you, a lot's going to be asked of you. What is your character like? What are you made of? So you know, it's not impossible. Go for it. Go for your dreams. Working for the man is, is no way to live your life. And um, if you don't go out and build your dreams, someone's going to hire you to build their dreams. That's a, that's a quote that I see all the time on social. And it's, a, it's fucking 100% true. So whether it's keep your job now so you have something steady and then start your side hustle, man, just, just fucking go for it. Because you're going to be 80 
at some point and you're going to be looking back and, and the things that you're going to regret are the things you never did. I mean, we just lost a, an, an actor in the prime of his life on Saturday. Nobody even knew he was sick. He was 43. The dude's unbelievable. Life is so, so short and uh, you only get one spin on the rock. So fucking make, make it a big one. Go all in. And yeah, man, put that pedal right to that metal and just weld that bitch together. I love it, bro. There's no... There's no redos. No, right? bro. There's, done, there is no, there are no redos. Absolutely not. Jess, I got to ask you, brother, before I let you go, man, what's the tattoo say? Oh, all right. Yeah, man. It says uh, truth conquers in, uh, in Latin and it's the coat of arms. It's my, my family coat of arms. Um, shoot. It's, it, it's, it's very poignant, right? We're talking about frauds and scammers and all of that. You know, you can tell when someone's full of shit. I can, I feel like you can tell when someone's full of shit. Sometimes it comes through the screen. It permeates how douchey someone is. Um, sometimes it's just their yellow Lambo that gives them away that they're probably full of shit. Or sometimes, you know, you meet them in, you meet them in person for coffee and you can tell they, they've never done anything. They've never been through anything, man. Truth conquers. It's the one thing, man. The truth will set you free. Um, sometimes, like Jack Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth. But then sometimes the truth hurts, man. And a lot of times people want to hear what they want to hear. So they gravitate toward the people who are saying that, like those, you know, those prosperity preachers who tell you, like, you put your money in, God's going to bless you with all the wealth, you know, that type of bullshit. That, that, that's, that's trash. Truth conquers. Um, the real thing always wins, you know, mm. dude, I love it, brother. You dropped a ton of value here, man. And Ross, really my bro, it. we should do this again, man. Yo, I like chopping it up with yeah, you, bro. bro. I like your energy, man. My man, dude, we're going to have to do a part two, bro. Sweet. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking about creating this new segment, man. Somebody gave me the idea, uh, you know, to do like follow-ups. Like, yeah. so it's like, yo, where are you, where are you now? Right. What's What's changed since the last episode? So, sure. Sure. Uh, we'll definitely stay in contact, man. And we'll link all your, uh, socials and, and website company and all that in the show notes. So for, for the listeners right now, if you're listening on, uh, iTunes or Spotify, just look down below in the show notes. If you're on YouTube, go, go look in that description and, uh, man, Jess, it's been a pleasure, brother. Um, thank you so much, man. Honestly, much appreciated. I appreciate you, Ross, and uh, have yourself a great rest of your week. Uh, stay healthy, man, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. You too, my man. Take care, bro. Enjoy the week. Thank you. You too.